hello. Let me wish you a happy Christmas. It's so good for you. Um, well, so great that you're here with us. And if you're watching online, happy Christmas to you too. We miss you. We can't wait to see you again very soon. Um, in the words of Michael Bublé, it is now beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Don't you agree? As we enter into this Christmas week, I don't know how you're feeling, um, but we pray also in this season that there is time to encounter Jesus, to know his presence with us, and to know his peace. Right, let me ask you a question at the start of this uh, little reflection on the Christmas story. I don't know what you're waiting for this Christmas. What is it that is, um, when you think of Christmas, what's one of the most important things to you? I know for many of us, it is family. And as we've been going through this series over December of Advent, we've been thinking about real Advent. And today we're going to think about real family. Because for many of us, Christmas does mean time with our family. Some of us might have had to change our plans to see family already this year. As I know for many of us last year, we all had to change our plans. Lucy and I, we just moved to Newcastle a year ago and we had Christmas here. And I don't know if you can remember where you spent Christmas last year. But if you take pigs and blankets out of the equation, for many of us, family is what Christmas is all about. And whether you've spotted it or not in the Christmas message so far, in the stories that we've heard read or the songs that we've sung, family is a central message of the Christian faith. We've been given two family pictures throughout the readings, throughout the the carols that are central, embedded in every carol. You can't miss it. Did you see it? If you didn't at first, we're going to just go through one of the stories together now in Matthew 2. So if you've got a Bible with you or if you can get it up on your phone, do open up your Bibles and we'll just think about a few quick thoughts on Matthew 2. We've just heard that story read so beautifully by Beth. Matthew 2 verse 3 is an extraordinary response to what the angels earlier in the story called good news that will cause great joy. Verse 3 said this, When King Herod, who is not Lee, um, heard this news about Jesus, he was disturbed. And all of Jerusalem... King Herod is here. Where is he? He is here! Josh, could you, give us, could you stand up so all the cameras could see? Herod hasn't had any time in the limelight yet. There you go. There he is. Our very own. Boo! <laughs> Um, well this is what it said in verse 3 just to remind you when King Herod heard this this news about Jesus he was disturbed not just just King Herod but all of Jerusalem with him I wonder if you knew that about Jesus if you've heard that before that when he first came into this world and he walked this earth he wasn't greeted with a party the red carpet was not rolled out for him there wasn't this big celebration Jesus was rejected by the king of the time, Herod. Not just the king, but all his people, all of Jerusalem with him. And when we think of the nativity story, we often just think of the innkeeper or the innkeepers before the good innkeeper that rejected Mary and Joseph and who were carrying baby Jesus. But it wasn't just them, it was far bigger than the innkeepers. It was the king 
and all the people who rejected Jesus. It's far bigger than that. And this is shocking when we realise who it is that Jesus is. Let's just remember three things about Jesus that we've already heard in this story, particularly in the story of the Magi visiting Jesus in the stable. So far we've been told that he is a king, unlike King Kong. He is a king, as we've just sung, gold I bring to crown him again. Luke 1 verse 32 said this, He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High, the Lord God, who will give him a throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, for his kingdom will never end. He's a king, but he is also God, begotten of God, conceived from the Holy Spirit, as we've remembered in the scriptures, very God and very man. No one else is quite like Jesus in all of history. So he's king, he's God, he's not just that, he's come to save us, to save us from the greatest problem we will ever face, our sin. As we just sang in that song, myrrh is mine, it's bitter perfume given to those who were preparing for death. And as Jesus entered in the tomb, as we remember, this was one of the gifts for this baby born to die, that he will rise again from the tomb three days later, glorious, he will rise. Matthew 1 verse 21, just to remind us, said, she, that is Mary, will give birth to a son and they will call him Jesus because he'll save all people from their sins. They'll call him Emmanuel, God with us. In one family picture, right there and then, you've got a king, King Herod, and all his people rejecting Jesus. And through another lens, the same thing is happening. We have another king, the true and better king, who is coming to be with his people, to save his people from their greatest problem. The most unbelievable thing about the Christmas story is that some would choose to reject this good news that the angels call Jesus, who will bring great joy. And it's a problem for all people. We've all done this from time to time. We all want to be the kings or queens of our own lives and not listen to anyone else. At the heart of the problem is the problem of the human heart. I don't know if you've heard that before. To will and to want to be king, to rule and to reign over our own decisions and our own lives. We've tried to restrict his access, that's Jesus' access to our lives, to put him on the red list and not let him enter, to keep him at bay and to keep him in the story of Christmas, not necessarily in our lives. We've heard of the rejecting family, King Herod and his people. Let's hear about the receiving family. Verse two of that reading in Matthew, if you still have it open. These magi believed and they hoped. Verse two says this, where is the one who has been born the king of the Jews? We saw this star when it rose in the sky and we've come to worship him. Or as the Gospel of John puts it, to help us understand those words, all who did receive him, that is Jesus, to all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Anyone who receives him, anyone who believes in his name will be forgiven, restored, 
and adopted into his family. Do you know, some people believe that you have to be born into a Christian family to be a Christian. And that is just simply not true. Certainly not true in my experience. And I know for many of us here who worship at St. Thomas's who've come to believe and hope in Jesus. Some people believe that you can only be a Christian if you obey a certain type of family rules or a certain type of commandments to be in the family that is the Christian church. And that is not what this is about. Jesus does not extend his invitation to the family, to those who are good enough. It is simply by believing in his name and receiving Jesus as we sang earlier at the start of this nativity, yet in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him, still the dear Christ enters in. His offer is available to every single one of us who receive it open-handed as a gift. Those who believe in him and receive him. And our hope and vision here at St. Thomas's, you might have heard us talk about this before, is following Jesus and building community. A community that feels like a family. We're thankful that in Christ, that is Jesus, that when we believe and receive him, we have been brought from death into life. And that this life is in community with one another. Those words might be familiar as we spent time looking at our vision statement earlier this year. We live in a time where there is a deep longing for belonging. A deep desire in everyone, to, but it's experienced by few. Everyone wants this profound experience of being in a diverse, extended community with people from different ages and stages and backgrounds from our own. But in this individualistic culture that we've lived in, family's been reduced to the semi-detached house, the life partner, 2.4 kids, and the people carrier. At worst, a Red Scenic, at best, a Winnebago. But life is so much more than that. And family is so much more than that. The good news of great joy is that with Jesus, we can have this family that we hope for. Life without Christ and life with this view, a broken family where it was reduced to the nuclear family, leaves many people living a life unfulfilled, longing for more, longing to help and be helped by others, longing to be known and know others, longing to be loved and find significance and security and safety in community. We're a community here that's in Christ, saved in him, through him, by him and for him formed and shaped by him. And as we follow Jesus together, we'll be shaped into the community that we long for and hope for. This is the picture of real family. And as you see the nativity scene behind me, all huddled up together around the person of Jesus Christ, I wonder if that is a beautiful picture of what it means to be real family. That as we look to him and put our faith in Jesus Christ, and that faith is expressed in love for one another, it will meet the longings of our heart. I don't know what you hope for this Christmas. Look to Jesus. 
just as the nativity scene is behind me. And we've sang it already this afternoon. All our hopes and fears throughout all the years will be met in Jesus tonight. And if you've received Jesus, and if you believe in his name over this season, reflect and give thanks for the family of faith that you belong to. As I've been preparing this talk for this afternoon, I've been overwhelmed with thankfulness for this community God has called us to be part of. I wonder if you could just take a few minutes to just pause and reflect of the family of faith God has called you to. And if this is new for you, I invite you to look at the person of Jesus. Ponder these things in your heart and think about the two questions that might help you respond. What is God saying to me? And what am I going to do about it? In the new year, we'll be running something here called Alpha. It's a series of interactive sessions that explore the basics of the Christian faith as we look again at the person of Jesus, the things he said about him, the things he went on to do, and go through the basics of the Christian faith. That could be a great opportunity for you to explore, to be around people asking questions of life, faith, and meaning. Bring your own. You'd be very welcome. But this Christmas, as we think about real family and real Advent, think about those two pictures that we've seen in the carols and the gospel story. One of a family of people rejecting Jesus and another receiving him and believing in him. Can I invite you to stand? We're going to respond by saying the Lord's Prayer. The band are ready to go. We've got one last song to sing. And it's joy to the world. And this song, you might, you might be familiar to you. And um, really, the Christmas message is one that is good news of great joy. And so do sing it with joy in your hearts as we look again at the person of Jesus. But let's say the words of the Lord's Prayer first. And then we'll sing this song together next. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Let's worship God together.